This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Garden of Sound, I'm your host Ian Turner. On today's show, frontman for She Had and part of the super collaborative The Adults, it's John Toogood. But first, we're just one week away from Garden of Sound Live at the Exchange Cafe. Tickets are just a tenner plus booking, and for that you get three amazing bands. Lotus, Dear No One, and Malinko. You can book right now via eventbrite.com, searching for Garden of Sound, or you could just follow the links from gardenofsound.nz, but get in quick to save some cash on the door. Today's guest is John Toogood. He's a dad, a musician, he's a broadcaster, he's a mentor, he's a prolific writer, and he's just completed a Master's in Fine Arts at Massey University. But how's John kept it all together over the last 30 years, punching out the massive hard rock sound of She Had? But will there be a time when he switches the distortion off? This is the Garden of Sound interview with John Toogood on Plains FM 96.9. John, what's the first memory of music in your life? Um, probably my parents' uh, record collection um, uh, and their and their turntable, which was an integrated sort of like had a speaker built into it, and that was my source of of a lot of my magical early memories. Like I, I actually was convinced that uh, the way a needle hitting a bit of black plastic or vinyl or whatever it was and then having that turn into sound was a magical thing for me to witness and and I always just loved music so I my first records were their records and that was Beatles Hard Day's Night um Ella Fitzgerald Frank Sinatra and then a whole bunch of uh like sort of seven inches like um The Goons um Tommy Steele, you know, British stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And I just used to love sitting there and putting a record on and then putting another one on and putting another one on. And I used to um, do it so much that my, there was there was a black sort of plastic strip above the speaker um, where the music came out. And I used to rest my teeth on it. And my teeth actually ended up turning black from just the fact that I would just sit there all day and watch these records turn around so no uber fans try to get hold of that auction it off uh no i don't think it's around anymore i think my parents would have like thrown it away i don't know this was years ago so when did you decide to start making music yourself oh that wasn't until uh i met tom larkin at wellington high school i mean before that i did get you know between the ages of seven and eleven i um my parents paid for guitar lessons for me because i had gone um to meet my um British family members in in London and my uncle Charlie had pulled out a guitar one day and I just sort of dispelled the myth of, of the fact that I actually thought um, that musicians were another race of human. I thought they, they were like superhuman and uh, to see my uncle play guitar and sing sort of songs that I heard on radio, I was like, ah, oh. so anyone can do that. That was that one of those sort of eureka moments for me when I was seven. So we got back from England. My parents borrowed some money actually and bought me, because we're pretty poor, 
my parents borrowed some money and bought me a three-quarter size guitar, acoustic guitar, and paid for lessons. I did that um, for four years. Yeah. Is your uncle still with us? Yeah, he is actually. My uncle Charlie. And I, I, I keep in sort of relatively regular contact with him. So your family proud of you for what you've achieved over the oh, years? Uh, yeah, I th- absolutely. I think once, um, I think, I mean, I was for a while there around the age of 14, it looked like I might have a career in sport. And my dad was very into that. I mean, he was, you know, English and I was the captain of the Wellington primary school's cricket team and and he was he was very supportive father and he took me all around the place and and um yeah and so when i sort of gave that away at the age of 15 and went i'm now going to play guitar properly and i'm going to make music and write music i think initially they were a bit disappointed but then once i had about 19 or and and she had we're actually doing something and we won i think the first time we won a musical was was for devolve as the most promising artist and that was on television and it was right up there with coronation street you know it was on the same tv channel that coronation street was on which is what they watch religiously and so for them it was like oh you know validation you know and so they i mean they were always supportive as um but um once once that happened they went oh we're all in you know like yeah do you remember what the first cover song you played live was? Oh, it's probably um, uh, Van Halen's version of You Really Got Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the structure we used, the arrangement we used was that, because that was what we were into at school, you know, rock. You've mentioned Van Halen at least. Um, who else were your sort of musical influences around that, uh, that time? Uh, well, I mean, the band that made us go, oh, well, let's start our own band, was actually uh, Metallica. And that was Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning, those two albums, because they looked sort of like us. And um, well, they weren't. Again, they were they were breaking down that um, that stereotype of rock stars being another race of human. They looked just like normal guys, you know, with long hair. And and we just went, oh, it sort of brought it into um, the real world. And so we thought, if they can do it we could give it a go and and that was the band that i think made me go okay yeah i'll do this but before that we sort of bonded over things like acdc and iron maiden but those again they were like sort of fantasy sort of superhero bands to us you know they were like you know unattainable it wasn't real it was it was it was um escapism you know is there a track from any one of those bands or perhaps another group that you'd like to play right now one of your influences oh i mean I think anything off Master of Puppets, like you know, you could play Battery or or Disposable Heroes or or um, Damage Incorporated or Fight Fire with Fire or Master of Puppets.
is the Garden of Sound interview with John Toogood on Plains FM 96.9. Friday, November 2nd, you're invited to Garden of Sound Live with Malenko, Dear No One and Lotus, three of Christchurch's hottest new bands on one amazing night. Book your advance tickets now at gardenofsound.nz and save. Garden of Sound Live, with thanks to 4YP, Plains FM and Creative Communities. Book now at gardenofsound.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with John Toogood on Plains FM 96.9. Can I ask you, what was the first gig you paid some money to attend, or perhaps was paid for you to attend? Mm -hmm. It was probably Dire Straits at the Athletic Park on the, uh, you know, Brothers in Arms tour. That was pretty impressive. What were your overriding memories of Oh, those big screens, because they were the first band to use those big screens. And, I mean, I was very young. I was with my older brother and sister. Um, I was, uh, I mean, it's a big blur of a memory, but it was sort of like anticipation and elation and fear because we're in this big field with lots of pissed munters and... And I, I'm sure I got lost it a couple of times, but at the same time, it was like, yeah, I loved that record when I was a kid. You know, that was that was a big record for me. Just mm. your guitar playing is very different to that of Mark Knopfler. Do you pick up anything from Mark? Sort of. Along uh, no, you know what? Um, no, not. No, I think songwriting. He's a great songwriter. I don't. And and you know what? As far as solos goes, they're very memorable solos. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of lead guitar. I'm a, I'm a rhythm guy. I like Keith Richards. I like Malcolm Young. You know, um, I'm not really. It's like I, I, I sit out lead solos. I go, yeah, it's, it's a necessary part, boring. And then just get back to the riff, you know. I mean, that's what I'm into. Yeah. But there are certain lead guitar players that do write really catchy lead solos. And that's Dave Gilmore from Pink Floyd uh, and Mark Knopfler does a pretty good job of it. You know, you can actually sing those. You can verbalise them, you know. What about Slash? Where does he sit for you? Oh, nowhere. He's not even on the cards, mate. It's like, yeah. I, I, Guns N' Roses made one good, one great record, you know, and that was it for me. I mean, the first, the fir- yeah, Appetite for Destruction is a great record. Uh, perfect for the time. They're like Sex Pistols and Rolling Stones, and they, they rose above that glam rock thing. They were better, and they wrote better songs. And then they just got lost up their own asses, as far as I'm concerned. Looking back into the dim, distant past, mm. uh, have you got any advice for a young John Toogood setting out, you know, maybe maybe 30 years ago? Uh, yeah, um, have I? No, not really. No, because um, every every mistake I've ever made um, has always led me on to getting it right. Not If not the first time after that mistake, but the second time or the third time, you know, you've got you've to make those mistakes. And so... Um, and any time I've actually sort of like got lucky and nailed something first time, that's always actually been more detrimental, I think, to my growth as a human being. Because you start walking around thinking that you can just shit gold and you can't, you know. And it's just, it's just not the way it is. You know, good stuff comes from hard work. We've got a serious, you know, working class work ethic when it, this band, you know. And I think that's something that means that you've got a band 30 years later is because we know that there's always room for improvement. There's always, you know, yeah, 
perfecting the art. It's 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 about being a craftsman. You know, that's the whole idea. You know, I want to touch on the word. Um Excess, it's synonymous with the music industry mm. and those around you have mm. been touched by it in many different ways. Yep. Um, how has she had stayed together and stayed alive over uh, those 30 years? I think I think because our initial intention was to be the best band in the world. And that was that was it. You know, I mean that was it. It wasn't about hey, if we join a band we might get laid, or hey, if we join a band we might get invited to parties, or hey, if we you know, join a band, it means we don't have to work. That was never the whole point. Their point was to be a band that was as good as any band in the world, but we happened to be from New Zealand. Why aren't you New Zealand? We didn't want to be... And so that required dedication and it required turning up to practice and 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 on a whole, uh, treating that as a sacred thing to do, you know? We were complete nerds about it. We'd forgo the parties. I mean, at first we weren't invited to the parties because we were total metal dweebs and we weren't, we were actually totally uncool. And that's, I mean, rock and roll is the revenge of the nerds anyway. So, you know, you know, it's just, it was always about being the best band we could possibly be. Yes, we all dabbled when sort of success sort of popped in. And we went, we had a bit of spare time or blah, blah, blah. Or we had a, an insane, you know, um, uh, schedules, which was what it becomes, and then you'd go, well, I just want to keep going, I want to keep rolling, and you know, and I've got a relatively addictive nature, but it's a family, it's a family um, setup, and whenever anyone's, because we've still got the same guys who have seen each other at, at their worst, seen each other at their worst dressed, um, terrible fashion mistakes, uh, terrible personal mistakes, you know, um, we've always been there to check each other. If anything gets out too out of line or too out of balance, very family orientated, and that's definitely saved. I think lots of us from from doing anything too stupid. You know, going back to being young fellas, at least um, mm. I've always been a fan of Dune. It was only today that I've realised that you know, Shihad, Jihad, any any other Frank Herbert influences in the music over no, the no, years? No, 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 no. It was actually very. It was very um, shallow. Actually, it was like it was just like. Uh, we were watching that movie one night and and that was that name that they came up with, the battle at the end, yeah. you know, and we just went, perfect name for a speed metal band, Holy War, you know, uh, perfect name for a band that was just doing thrash metal, you know, and then, you know, it became, by the time we'd gone, oh, I'm in a band called Holy Wars and I'm 26, it was too late to change it, you know, and it was just like, well, that's weird made that our name and that name became synonymous with not only you know our early metal phase but also the churn album and also the killjoy record and all the experimentation on that and you know the the stuff on the fish record and it's like well we'd invested so much in it it was like well that's our name now you know um to a 26 year old taking acid and listening to you know david bowie and um and fugazi and stuff like that it wasn't exactly the coolest name at the time, but then it became cool again once I realised, oh, it's it's our name. That's just it, you know. And and it's more than what it, that literal word means. It's everything we've ever done. That's what that word now means, you know. So I even I went from being the guy that used to go, oh, how geeky we're in a band called Holy Wars, to the guy around the pacifier name change to be the guy going, there's no way we are changing this name. Could have been Spice. Spice. There you go. It's spice melange. Yeah, indeed. Spice man. <laughs> you were, I mean, 
I mean, I think Iron Maiden did do a um, a song on peace of mind about the the June album. I'm pretty sure. He is the quittest Calarang, he is born in Caladan, and we'll take the Gomja bar. It's so terrible. That is that is special indeed. And Duncan ends up being the, oh, I've spoilt it now, haven't I? Okay. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about favourite uh, favorite tracks. Have you got a track that you've always sort of carried with you, always put it on, something that sort of lifted you? I, I just always, I always go back to Bowie because he, he was there when I was growing up as a kid. My my sister brought home Bowie records. My brother had Bowie records. It was the one thing we all agreed on. It was just like he was the man, you know, whether that was the Berlin stuff or even the early Ziggy Stardust stuff, you know, all right up until the Scary Monsters album. You know, first half of the Scary Monsters album is pretty much the perfect piece of music as far as I'm concerned. So that includes... I suppose you play Ashes to Ashes. There you go. Yeah.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with John Toogood on Plains FM 96.9. Thanks for being part of Garden of Sound today. I just want to talk about an awesome photographer working in Christchurch by the name of Shannon Jessica. I met Shannon while at the Rockquist Heats this year, and apart from being a very easy person to deal with, Shannon has a real gift for live music photography. She turned out some awesome pics during Rockquist, and she's done the same for a huge number of local bands. Shannon also delivers some stunning naturalistic portraits and some breathtaking shots of the outdoors. Now, I thoroughly recommend, if you're looking for a gig photographer or something a little different for your next photo shoot, do get in touch with her. You can do that through the website. It's Shannon Jessica, S-H-A-N-N-A-N-J-E-S-S-I-C-A dot Wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash photo. Shannon Jessica dot Wixsite dot com forward slash photo. Or if it's a little too much for you to note down, just head to gardenofsound.nz and check out the partners page for Shannon's link. Coming up at the end of the program, I'm going to be playing you my track of the week. It's from Princess Chelsea, and it's off her third album, The Loneliest Girl. This is the Garden of Sound interview with John Toogood on Plains FM 96.9. John, I want to talk about um, all the amazing albums that you've recorded Mm. over the years. Surely it hasn't always gone to plan. Is there any particular part of a song that you'd like to go back and, you know, re-record, do again, look at? Uh, no, no, I've, I've been through every single thing. I would never want to re-look at anything. Yeah, in fact, it's, that's never been my interest at all. I'm always interested in finding out what the next thing is. I, ba- I basically write music. It's, I find it frustrating, but also the most rewarding thing in the world. Uh, when we get to a point where I'm going, I'm feeling this, I, I'm like a kid with a piece of, just in a candy store, I listen to it over and over and over and over again until I can't physically eat anymore until it makes me want to throw up and then I never listen to it again that's what I do that's with our music you know and that's what I do with any music that I make is like I become immersed in that music and I want to make it as good as it possibly can I'm, I'm trying to make a record that that uh, that is the is that missing link between all the records that I'm listening to from other artists. You know, it's like, I, I love that, I love that, I love that, but there's nothing that sounds like this. I want it in the middle here. I want it to be across of that and a mix of this. And is that really that a conscious, blah, blah, blah. is that a conscious thought going into to your writing process? No, 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 it just happens. No, it's not a conscious thought. It just happens. It's like, what am I trying to make? I'm trying to make music that I, I want to exist in the world that it doesn't exist yet, you know? That sums up the way I... What, my musical taste, you know. Should bands stay in boxes? Uh, I mean, I come from a different era, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm from a time when there used to be artist development and 
and people you know <laughs> bands would get signed knowing that they that the you know that they wouldn't probably make any money f- until the third or fourth record when they'd finally mastered their craft you know and done their whatever 10,000 hours or whatever the hell it is you know and it's like that doesn't happen anymore it's like you got to have a hit out of your bedroom you can do that because you can you can put in that time you know you still got to do the work but the turnover is quicker you know like attention spans are shorter things have got to be you know you got to follow it up quick follow it up quick we you know like we're from we're from like you know album every two or three years that's basically a our take on where the world is or where our heads are at in three years' time, or blah 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 blah, that doesn't really happen anymore. But yeah, on that note, Haley Westenra, who's yeah. going to make it to the sixth number one album in New Zealand? Oh, she Zealand? can have it. <laughs> I really don't give a rat's ass, you know. Like it's like um, I'm amazed that we that we after what twenty what thir- almost thirty years, we ended up writing a record that was like Five Eyes that was as relevant to me in the as far as a rock album goes, um, as any of the good records we'd previously made, it was like, oh, that's not supposed to happen, you know? Not for a band as late in their career as us, you know? We're not supposed, we're supposed to just like shrivel up and, and die. Really. How much did Jazz Coleman contribute to that? Hugely, yeah. He, yeah, he took a lot of the, um, the pressure of, of, um, of, arrangement and production and all that stuff we'd been thinking about for the last two albums we'd self-produced and self-arranged blah 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 he took that away and we could just be i could just be a guitar player that was angry about where i was watching the world heading politically and socially and uh and i could just be yeah i could just be a musician instead of having to put my you know production cap on or arrangement hat on or I just could play guitar and it was just mean you know and um, because of that yeah it was a really creative atmosphere and and he pushed us and worked us really hard and we ended up recording most of it live which is I think a really big part of the reason why that record sounds as explosive as it does because it has that sort of magic element of this is actually happening you know this is not a, a Hollywood factory line production anyone can sound like the god of thunder nowadays with with technology you know uh and and in fact but it's too perfect you know it's too perfect and it's like i think there i've noticed there's definitely a swing back to well if you can play then you might as well use that skill because it's actually a an asset in a world of everything being perfect you know can we hear something you've written uh sure play uh either um I think you're so free or five eyes or cheap airs off five eyes. Yeah, that'd be great.
is the Garden of Sound interview with John Toogood on Plains FM 96.9. Friday, November 2nd, you're invited to Garden of Sound Live with Malenko, Dear No One and Lotus, three of Christchurch's hottest new bands on one amazing night. Book your advance tickets now at gardenofsound.nz and save. Garden of Sound Live, with thanks to 4YP, Plains FM and Creative Communities. Book now at gardenofsound.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with John Toogood on Plains FM 96.9. What's been your most rewarding project thus far in all those many years? I would say I, I, there's four albums I think we nailed it and she had out of nine like and and when i say that i don't i'm not dumping on the others they're just more of a they're more of a transitional piece to get to the good ones you know so um for me it's churn killjoy general electric five eyes they're the they're the really focused records where it's all right you know like so what was happening in that period between in, in those, those periods i mean that's just life you know it's just like just like life you know you have periods where you where you everything's going for you and periods where everything's not going for you and you have to fight you know you're swimming against the tide and other times it's just the tide's carrying you to where you need to be and you've just you know in those periods where it's not happening for you you still got to push on through you know and those those other records are totally necessary to get to the good ones you know that's how i always think and a bad song badly written song where i don't articulate what i'm what i'm really thinking is just as important as the bit where I actually finally get it right. You know, it's like I have to go on that journey to get to that good bit. I have to find out what doesn't work to find out what what, what does work, you know, as a writer. Can you yeah. see um, John and the boys 20 years down the track uh, treading the boards? 20 years. I mean, how old am I? 47. I, I don't think I'd be into being on stage at 67. You don't want to do a Rolling Stones thing? No, I'm not really interested in that. I mean, they're great and stuff, but they're the Rolling Stones. You know, we're not the Rolling Stones. We play rock or metal, you know, it's just, it's not, it's a, yeah, I'm not really interested. The Adults Project yeah. sees you working with a whole heap of different folks. Yeah. Um, is there anyone in particular, you know, anywhere in the world or any artist that you'd like to, to work with in the, the coming years? With the Adults? Um, or it, as another project, I'm sure, I'm sure you got it in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Someone you've always wanted to work with. Uh... Because they all end up dying. <laughs> what are we talking? David Bowie. I'd be into David Bowie. What's your opinion on Prince? I was a massive fan. Yeah. So he's... You've seen him play live, I presume? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Seen him play live and bore my eyes out at how amazing it was and how good it felt to be alive and be in that room with someone as amazing as that. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, you know, Tom Petty died. He was amazing. I like the fact that he would, uh, you know, like write those simple songs that meant everything and would also be true, but also very, you just had the melodies that were just stuck in your head. That's not an easy thing to do, you know. And um, I liked how he always stuck it to the man. He spoke the truth, you know. He was one of the good guys. And it was a shame that he died. Um, I really like, uh, I've been getting back, I've been getting right back into Michael Jackson recently and really enjoying that. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I still like, I, I saw like a whole lot of British sort of post-punk music, tribal sort of, you know, more interesting stuff, you know, like, I don't know, I really like that period of music. It was good. And, and, and because of, I'm not sure if it's because of my age, I thought the 90s was good for guitar music as well, like Sonic Youth and Fugazi and, you know, Jane's Addiction and Nirvana. And, you know, it was a pretty colourful time and pretty, yeah, and like a, a new wave of punk rock, you know. I really like that. I don't, I haven't really, my my modern day music that still gives me that same feeling as those bands is things like Kendrick Lamar, you know, hip hop. J. Cole, stuff like that. That's more, that's close, the closest I get to new music that gives me that same feeling of something speaking the truth, you know. A lot of rock doesn't do that for me. It's more style over content. Any of those artists that you've just uh, reeled off, any tracks of theirs that you'd like to play out? I think you should, I, I would definitely want you to play a track off the new Adults record because I think, for me, that's up there with those four She Hard records I'd made. I like the first Adults record a lot, but I think there's something totally special about this new Adults record. There's something happened with that. It's taken collaboration to its a much broader global sort of thing. I'm really proud of how that sounds. That record. I would I would suggest that you play. Um, if we, I suppose, either Gisma, which is the only song I sing on, or. Um, or Hudge is really good. The actual title track's really cool. I actually found it a real honour to be on stage with that new generation of musicians. It was like they were feeling it yeah. like I was feeling it. Yeah. And being on stage with those guys was like, that was reinvigorating.
John, you've been an amazing guest. Um, it is She Had's 30th anniversary. Mm. Um, is there a final She Had track from your whole back catalogue that you'd like to take us out with today? Uh, sure. Let's have a think. Um, I'm just going through the set list in my mind and thinking about what I like playing. Uh, if it was up to me, the song that got me through so many dark mornings, having to you know go into work, yeah, uh, it would be uh, La La Land. How interesting! Um, I think the lyric on that is quite good. Yeah, the lyrics on that are quite good. Sure, play it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Time for my track of the week. It's from Princess Chelsea off her third album, The Loneliest Girl. Some may call this eclectic pop. I'd definitely say there are overtones of Björk, but I'll let you decide. This is Respect the Labourers. It is 4 
Thanks for joining me today on the show and huge thanks to John Toogood. If you'd like to find out what John and the rest of She Had are up to right now or where they are, then head along to gardenofsound.nz, click on John's photo. There there will be links where you can get tickets to She Had's 30th anniversary tour. There's also a huge Spotify playlist with all of the music we talked about today. Speaking of tickets, if you love music and you want to support young artists, then buy your tickets right now for Garden of Sound Live. At $10 plus booking, it's going to be an amazing night. Three awesome bands at a wicked venue. Gardenofsound.nz or eventbrite.com. Get those tickets now. I'm Ian Turner. Thanks very much for being with me today. I look forward to bringing you Garden of Sound same time next week. <laughs>